Whatever your need is right now, as we're praying, give it to him. Trust him. Believe that he's able to do something with it. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity. Amen, Lord. God, to enter into your presence. To come into your house. Hallelujah. We call upon your great name, Lord, and we ask you that you would look down upon us, that you would give us grace in your sight, Lord, and God, that you would pour out your spirit upon us in this place. You know every heart, Lord, you know every amen, individual, Lord, that is standing in this service. You know our names, O oh God, so I pray that you would minister unto us, Lord. Amen, God, that you would lift the burdens that we carry, the cares that we have, Lord, we pray that you would minister unto us, God, that you would do a work, Lord, in us right now, Lord, that you would lift those burdens, God, and that you, O Lord, would give us, amen, Lord, rest in your, in your presence, O God, take away the weight, take away the sin, take away everything, Lord, that Amen. Makes it difficult for us, Lord. I pray, God, that you would refresh us with your presence. As you said in the word, God, that we shall experience refreshing when your presence is come, oh God, and resting upon us. So I pray, Lord, that you would minister, Lord, as you have done in the past, amen, 13 days, Lord. Minister unto us, oh God, and continue to do work, oh Lord. Bless these people, Lord. Bless them with your presence, Lord. Bless them with salvation. Bless them with deliverance. Bless them with healing. Oh God. Amen, Lord. And bring us together, Lord, that we can be, Lord, amen, in one body, in one mind, in one spirit, in one accord together, Lord, that we can experience, oh Lord, unity and harmony with you and with one another. Bless the ministry again today, Lord. Amen, God. Use the man of God to speak to us and let our ears be open. That we may hear in our eyes that we can see. In our hearts, Lord, that we can be turned unto you. Bless, O oh Lord, and we thank you, God. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let it be done. Let everybody say amen. Just open my eyes all wide awake and lay there for a few minutes, couldn't go back to bed. So I was like, all right, got up, got to it, took care of my dogs. And I stood outside for like half an hour. Beautiful, beautiful day. There's this lady in the apartments next to us. Um, she has this little chubby pit bull. She walks around all the time. And I was standing out there with the dogs, letting them play around. And I was just like, Stared at everything like, wow, thank you, Jesus. She probably thought I was crazy. <laughs> but, amen. It was a good start to a good day. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be back. Wonderful, wonderful brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He got the
Thank you.
have done for us, Lord. All the, all the things that you have done. Yeah, Lord. Lord. And turn over. Okay. Bless you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Lord. The tithes and offerings, oh Lord, that you double, Lord. You triple, Lord. All the things that you have done, Lord. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will sing of the goodness of God. My, my, my. Boy, it's just something to be able to feel the Spirit of the Lord, how it's just moving and stirring us up. Weaving in and out of this place, praise God, you can feel His goodness. Amen. The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Amen. And so when we feel that virtue of His goodness, there's something about it that just, uh, you know, you can't help but somehow respond. Praise the Lord. Especially when He's reaching out after you. When He's reaching out after you. We were all born into sin. We were all shaped by iniquity. As a result of what happened in the book of Genesis, when we see what how the enemy came in, and obviously he he wanted to destroy everything that, Amen, represented God. He went into paradise. He went into that world that God created for man to live in, where man everything was taken care of, everything was there, everything that he needed to live life to have all the, the resources of it. And the devil didn't like it. So he brought sin into the picture and as a result, sin defiled all of God's creation. All those years living under the curse of sin. You think about it and, and you know a lot of people think about that and they never really realize, try to pinpoint why it is that we have all the disparities and all the chaos all the you know everything that we experience as human beings but you would you would you take the time to realize this that god never intended us to live a life that was amen that was affected like this sin but we all were born into it never even understood what it was like to really know the peace the joy love amen there's a lot of homes, and it doesn't make a difference what your background is, what what country, what ethnicity. It doesn't make a difference. We're all human beings, and we're all we all have been all exposed to it. You know what? We've been exposed to that sin, so that's basically what our life was comprised of. And 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 you know what? By our choice, by our choice. Not because God put us there. By our choice. The things we've we did. Amen. Amen. That's what caused sin to reap havoc. Praise God. There's a word that comes into my mind that uh, when you think about it, of course nobody really knows today's world is so they're so uh confused. There's a word that people don't really understand anymore. And that word is normal. Amen. Or normality. Amen. Just to just to the normal. Just to be normal. Amen. And we've kind of lost 
the understanding or the concept of what it is to be normal. Did you realize this? Uh, it began with God. It began with Him. But the devil's come along and he's distorted that. And he's defiled it. To even our thinking and everything we do, it's not, it's not normal. We've gone beyond his creative word and we've gone beyond his creative will. We were created to live a certain life and we were created to walk a certain way, but the devil destroyed that because of sin. So now mankind doesn't walk that way doesn't live that way, doesn't talk that way, amen, doesn't think that way, and doesn't even look that way. Because mm -hmm. remember, we were created in His image after His likeness. Mm -hmm. and so because of that, the devil didn't like that, because yes, if you read the scripture, he wanted to lift himself higher than God, amen. than His throne. He, he was lifted up in, his, in Himself, in His pride. So because of that, amen, the Bible says there was war in heaven, and the devil and his angels were cast out. Where did they come? They came down here to earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Because the devil has come down having great wrath. Why is that? Because he wanted to exalt himself higher than God. He couldn't. So you know what he did? He came down to destroy God's creation. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus said, but I've come that ye might have life yes. and have it more abundantly. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So there's that restoration. Amen. It doesn't make a difference. You know, we always see, here's the thing. The devil wants us to be divided. That's why you see uh, racism and prejudice. The devil wants God's creation to be divided. So that's why we look at each other. That's why mankind hates each other. But here's God coming back to restore all that. If we're so different, if we've been created so different, why is it we look alike? Regardless if we're white, red, yellow, black, blue, purple. Amen. Pink. Let's not forget pink. Praise God. But that's the beautiful thing about all this. If we, if we can we can understand what God's doing and how He's working. How He's restoring that. And, and that's what the Apostle said in the book of Acts chapter 3 about the times of the restitution of all things. The restitution of all things. And God is, go, is going to bring it back. And He said He shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you and the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord but what is what is the thing that he told us to do he said repent turn your life around turn back to God turn back to God so we can't use that excuse for a lot of years a lot of people especially native people and minorities oh the Bible is the white man's God <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, guess what? The Jews are not Caucasian. That's right. That's right. Amen. A full blood Jew in Jesus' time really wasn't that light skinned. They were like us. 
Praise God. They That's weren't, right. They weren't Caucasian. Praise God. So we can't use that excuse. It's not the white man's God. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. 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 And as I said so many times before, I'm glad he didn't die for skin. He died for sin. Does it, does it make a difference where you're from? He died for the sins of the whole world. That's beautiful, isn't it? So I thank God for that understanding because a lot of times we just we miss it. And and the, the Word of God, see, He wants to bring us the truth. He wants to present to us the truth. So that's what happens when you open up. When you open up your understanding and you, you search. That's what Jesus said. Search the Scriptures. And you will see, you will find that they are they which testify of me. Why? So that you can know the truth. And the truth can set you free. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, you know, I mentioned last night about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Man, just think that's going to be a reality one day. I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, I'm doing my best to live my life to please God. I don't live my life to please anybody else but Him. I want to please Him. So I'm living my life to walk in the Spirit, walk in His Spirit, walk in His will. I'm living my life that way because I want to make heaven my home. I want that I want that to become a reality to me. I want to be there, praise God, when that happens. And you think about the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's gonna be a we, we can't even fathom the 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 how would you say the what's gonna take place yeah. when we when we're there and when we experience it, you know. How many of you ever think about ahead of, of an event that you want to attend and then when you finally get there you experience the the moment and you go, Wow. Can you imagine what it's gonna be like at the marriage supper of the Lamb when you see everybody, all kindreds, all tongues, all nations of people? And there we are. Just because we obeyed Jesus, we obeyed the word of God. Amen. That marriage supper, that marriage. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's a reality that's going to take place. That is right. Just think. We get little glimpses. We get little pieces of it by what we're feeling here in this place. We, I know we all feel good because we can feel His Spirit. And we go, oh man, that feels so good. I don't want to leave church. I don't want to walk out of His presence. Of course, He's everywhere. But and, and, and just think about that day when, when we're there how that's going to be everything that we have been subject to as far as this life and this, this economy the worldly life that's going to be all gone from that point on it's going to be eternal life with Him that's I think about that and it still blows my mind. Yes. My spirit just rejoices when I yes. when I read that. And I go, man, someday. And guess what? He's got a mansion for each and every one of us. 
You're not going to be walking on dirt. You're not going to be walking on pavement. You're not going to be walking on concrete. You're going to be walking on streets of gold. That's, that's something that the human mind cannot comprehend. But guess what? That's, that's what he said in his word. So that's what he's doing. All that. All this is in preparation for everybody that's here. All this, he's preparing you. He's trying to open up your mind to give you understanding that you can see what it is that he has for you, the offer yes. that he has for you of eternal life yes, and the spiritual inheritance oh, that yeah. you have right now. Right now. Amen. If you could really tap into that and understand it, and all you have to do is obey his word. Yes. God keeps his promises. So I'm glad I'm in the church. I'm glad I'm in the church of the living God. The blood washed strong. The blood washed strong. I'm, I'm glad I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I've taken his name. Guess what happens when you... When you uh, are married to somebody. All you ladies... You know what I'm talking about. When you meet the love of your life, when you meet the better half and you say yes. <laughs> and when you when you marry, when you come together, when your marriage comes together, guess what you do? You take on his name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. Amen. Yes, you do. My wife, Amen. her maiden name, right. you know how, how they... They use that terminology, maiden yes. name. Her maiden name was Errol, Wahinkbe. And she married me, guess what? Her name was changed to Marshall. Yes. Marshall. I almost said the French Marshall, but yeah. Marshall mm -hmm. yeah. took on my name. Why? She's my bride. Yeah. I'm her husband. Right. She took on his name. So that's why we... We teach Jesus' name baptism yes. because the church is the bride. Everybody that comes to the church, yes. if you're going to be part of that marriage supper, you got to take on his name. That's why we preach Jesus' name baptism. Yes. So you can take his name yes. on you yes. because you're part of the bride. Yes. Namesake, 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 namesake. So those, all those that believe you just have to receive. Just accept and you don't have to be baptized. You know why? That's just that's just a a, a lie. That's deception because you yes. need to take his name on it. If you're gonna be in the bride, you need the name of Jesus. Amen. You're gonna be called by his name. Otherwise, guess what? It's not a legitimate marriage. That's right, right. Amen. It's illegitimate. Praise God. And there's no such thing as common law. No. <laughs> no, no such thing. That's that's the ways of humanity. Yeah. They'll do it that way. And remember, Paul said, "I've espoused you to one husband. I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. I have espoused you to one husband." Yes. He represents the ministry. Hallelujah. So that's why we preach with the intensity. We preach 
and we teach with the intensity we teach with because we're espousing you to one husband. And you know what? The Bible says he's going to present to himself a bride that is spotless, not having any wrinkle. So that's why, you know, when people come to church and, oh, man, I didn't, oh, man. (laughs) We want you to be ready and be prepared. Praise God. It's so beautiful. I could go on and go on and go on. There's so much. It's just like a spectrum of colors, of a, like a rainbow. It's just like a spectrum. When you think that the Bible is born, let me tell you something. I beg to differ. There's just something about the Word of God when it comes and God reveals something. Just, you can go in so many so many directions with the beauty of God's word. Yes. And it's just like a beautiful prism, a spectrum. Just kind of, you can see all those beautiful colors. Right. That's how it is with the word of God. Everything that we need to know and understand about life, right. Amen. you're going to find yourself in there because God knows us. Amen. He knows our nature. Yes. And he helps us to understand what we need to do. Praise God. That's one that's the reason why I love this thing so much. I love it. I love it so much. I just want to keep on going. I I have more determination right now than I did when I the day I received the Holy Ghost. Because he's still loving me. He's still proving his love to me. So guess what? I want to go on. I want to go on. I want to I want to walk on those streets of gold. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So that's what the Lord is doing. That's what the Lord is doing. And that's what we're feeling. That's what's taking place. So let's just do our best to continue. Continue on to seek the Lord. Continue. Be consistent. Every day. Guess what? When we live in sin, every day we live for the devil. Amen. Right. And if we're living for God, every day we're going to live for him. Right. This is the life he's called us to live. Praise God. I lived hard for the devil when I was in sin. I would go on binges. I mean, when I say binges, they weren't just like a couple days. Man, I tell you what. I lived hard in sin. I drank. I drugged. I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. I'm glad he saved me from that life. I lived hard for the devil. I didn't stop. Guess what? That's just our nature, human nature. But guess what? If we lived hard for the devil, we can live hard for God. Praise God. Amen. I tell you what. That's what we need to do. So I'm thankful for everybody. I'm thankful for you all being here. Of course, Brother Craig and Sister Taryn. Brother Wesley made it back this morning at 6 o'clock. I appreciate him, his family, his ministry. We've known him for, you know, a few years, but it's like we've known him all our lives. He's a man of God. Amen family and that's what we said we're family we're family praise God hallelujah so thank God for 
what he ministered to us last night. I hope some of you paid attention. And just like today, I hope some of you pay attention. We're not speaking our opinion. We're not speaking what we think you should hear. We're being directed by the Holy Ghost. We're being led of the Spirit and anointed of the Spirit. So what we're seeing, we're, as Paul said, we're not speaking words of man's wisdom. But we're speaking what the Spirit of God's given to us. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful for that. But uh, I'd like to have Brother David come up this morning if he would just uh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. I've been enjoying the services. I want to give honor to. Amen. All the ministry, the pastor, Sister Betty. Amen. Brother Edwards, Brother Aaron Marshall, and all the elder women, Brother Craig, thank you for your ministry, Sister Taryn, the ministering brethren that are here, praise God, hallelujah, those God is raising up, and of course, Brother Wethy's not here with us physically, but I'm sure his heart is still here, spirit, lingering, praise God, the things he has said and done, and, but you know, most of all, our great apostle, great shepherd, Bishop of our souls, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I give honor to the ministry. Uh, I want to share a little bit of something. Uh, I asked the pastor for uh, uh, a few minutes here. Uh, the Lord woke me up early this morning, and uh, and the Lord is uh, an able teacher, and He knows our heart. If you have your Bible. I want you to turn to Psalm 88. And it's just a little something that I I want you to put out there because, amen. um, How many has ever said, I want to be like you, Lord? Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Did you really mean it? Because do you know that the Lord walked in some hard places Mm -hmm. he walked in some really really hard places Psalm 88 when you're there say amen Amen. Amen. hallelujah O Lord God of my salvation verse 1 I have cried day and night before you let my prayer come before thee incline thine ear into my cry my soul is full of troubles and my life draweth nigh to the grave I'm counted with them that Go down to the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Free among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave whom thou rememberest no more. And they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit in the darkness in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Brother Craig read from this in one of the early services. I want to start by reading, uh, reiterating, right, what he said uh, in verse 8. 
Thou hast put away my acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. Reading from Isaiah chapter 53. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root of the dry ground. He hath, he hath no form nor comeliness. Mm-hmm. This is the moment sin and the day he was, he took our judgment upon him. Mm-hmm. He was beaten. He was ripped apart. <coughs> they plaited a crown of thorns and placed it on his head. They forced it into the brow of his head, the skin, and the, the thorns pierced him there. He became king of the curse, and and he he was popular the first two years of his ministry, Amen. but the third year was called the the year of rejection. Amen. And we are going to go through situations just like that, and and it says, we shall see him, and there is no be that we shall desire him. He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And the, the writer of Psalms said, you made me an abomination mm-hmm. to my own acquaintance. Right. I don't know if you know the, the really strength of that word abomination, but it means something that is utterly detestable. Amen. And like it or not, there's a part of Jesus when he took on our sins. I mean, people just. The religious people came at him and they looked at him and they despised him. Right. Amen. Yep. Amen. Yep. Amen. They despised him. Amen. But you know what? It was our sin. Our sin he was carrying. Our sin. That's right. And I said this before and I'll say it again. The word became flesh. Mm -hmm. Dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. So that we as flesh can become the word. Like him. In spirit. In spirit. And so uh, the Lord woke me up and he started talking to me. And I'm just going to. I'm just going to give it to you the way he gave it to me. Is that okay? Yeah. And these old timers know that it's called black coffee preaching or teaching. It's very sober. I'll be honest with you, what he gave me. Black coffee preaching. It was very sobering. It wasn't like the evangelist. Everybody shouts and runs. and But he just came and he talked directly to me. And I'm going to do my best and get out of the way. But it's real necessary. Revival is happening here. It's a culture. And it's so important that we receive what I'm about to tell you. That you let the Spirit of God minister to you. I pray uh, that this broadcast, if you're even recording it, that the people will hear because it applies to them out there. It applies to Amen, even the Wethys. Because when we hear the word of God, we're not hearing it, amen, per se, as preachers. We're hearing it as souls in need of salvation. Right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 
I believe Elihu said, if I give flattery, flattering titles to men, he said, my maker will take me away. So let me just speak what God said to you as a soul that needs salvation. I need salvation. There's no, make no doubt about it. I need Jesus. I need Jesus as a preacher. Because you know what? This is just only part of living for God. And it's good. I mean, I love this and the shouting and the togetherness. And, but there are places that you're going to have to walk alone. You are going to have to walk up alone. The pastor's not going to be there to hold your hand. And I'm telling you what, Satan knows how to come to where you're at. Out there alone when everybody's separated. Satan comes to you then. You've got to get a hold of this and walk with God at that time. You've got to have it in you, young people, to live for God and say no to the devil because he will show up anywhere at school. Amen. That's right. When mom can't be with you, he'll show up. And you're going to have to have the no or the ability to say no to Satan. Amen. Because he hates you. Amen. He said, you made me an abomination. I'm going to tell you what's going on here. The reason I'm bringing this is because most of you know what happened to me back in 2009, 8, my family. The truth of it all and how it all fell apart. And yet shall we also reap whatsoever a woman sows, that shall she also reap. God is a just God. So according to his word, he said, I've got to judge you. So he said, I'm going to judge you. But guess what? I'm going to show you mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. But because of that judgment, and there he took me away. You took my acquaintance far from me. You removed them. I had to walk alone. I was <coughs> condemned. Condemned not just of the courts, but of the church, Mm. of my own blood. Mm. Condemned, Mm. judged. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them. But don't let the devil come in and ride you and distort your vision of God and his true heart. We are not ignorant of his devices. Hallelujah. And so what happened, as the Lord spoke to me this morning, you know, uh, he talked to me about righteousness. Now, this, this guy, he, this man of God here, he was quoting, let's go to Romans, this book of Romans here. Hallelujah. He was quoting about marriage. Hallelujah. Or is it Galatians? Galatians, praise God. Book of Galatians. find it. Galatians chapter 2, I believe it is. Hallelujah. I've written down, but I think it's Romans I'm actually looking for. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
reach Thank out you, to Jesus. Galatians chapter. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Romans 7. Romans 7. Thank you, Lord. Get back to Galatians chapter 2. Romans 7. When you're there, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> know ye therefore, know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, that law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she's loose from the law of her husband. So then, while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she's free from the law of her husband, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Amen. God. Amen. We are we were married right. to one husband. <laughs> And the law, in other words, we were bound by this set of principles when we knew not God. We were bound to the set of principles of the law of sin and death. Right. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And there's something about the law in one place that said, in another place it said this. It said, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Not I can be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Now watch this. Apostolic, born again, deny even denominal people, when they have a form of religion, and they're good moral people, the devil can come in and, and pat you on the back and whisper in your ear, you're a good person. And you might be morally sound, but if you're not born again, you're still hell bound. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. right. Amen. Amen. But because we didn't make that mistake that brother or that sister did, we pat ourselves on the back because of the power of the law we're bound to. I didn't do that. I'm not as bad as her. I'm not as bad as him. That's the law of righteousness in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Not having, he said, my own right, which is of the law. We succumb to that religious type of worship. So even apostolic people, after they walk for a while, bless God, I've been living for God for 40 years. One man of God said, you young man trying to preach to me because the Holy Ghost moved and and the gifts of the Spirit were working, and he fell under conviction because he didn't have the prayer life. And it revealed sin. And so he got mad. And I thank God that our, our pastor has never, he's lived this life. Right. Amen. Praise God. So I'm not Amen. condemning anybody right. like that. But what I'm saying is we can succumb to a sense of self-righteousness right. because of the works we have done. Amen. And yet we got to be careful. Yes. We're starting to see through a lens that God is not pleased with. Based upon our own self. Not upon his sacrifice at Calvary. Hallelujah. 
And so we look at one another and, oh man, what an abomination she is. What an abomination, man. And we come to church and we get so, hallelujah. Oh God. But revival is about the spirit of God. Revival is about a culture of right understanding. Revival is about mercy and right judgment and forgiveness and love setting the culture so when people come in here into the church of the living God, they're not condemned, praise God, by the people, but they're accepted and they can feel the Holy Ghost. Oh my good. What is that I feel in this place? Because of the culture, because of the right standing, right spirit, praise God. So when Brother Wethy left, he didn't take revival with him. He didn't bring it. He didn't take it. It's because of a right spirit and the right and the truth, praise God. Hallelujah. But, so I said, Jesus, I want to be like you. You know what happened? Judgment. And I don't blame them. But judgment came. But be careful that Satan doesn't get the upper hand of your spirit. See, he's the accuser of the brethren. Peter stood up with good intentions. Lord, you're not going to go to Jerusalem and die. Right. God forbid, no. But Jesus looked at him. He just called him, get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah, wow. In another place, he said, you know not what spirit you are of. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, God. Hallelujah. But, so I said that to show you that Because of my sin, I became a stumbling block. I would be a stumbling block to many. I would be a stumbling block. And I feel that, I'm going to tell you something, I feel the struggle everywhere I go. And that's why I'm, I'm really, uh, I just thank God. Every time somebody walk up to me, it's happened to me about four or five times, I don't, know, I don't know what to expect. I was telling a loved one here this morning, I seen one of their loved ones, I, I didn't recognize him at first, but he came running up to me, and I was thinking, oh, no, what's going on here? And he stuck his hand out, he said. I looked at him, and it finally dawned on me who he was. And I said, oh, wow. He said, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you made it through. Wow. It was just like, oh. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's not even in church. He's not in, you hear what I said? He's not even in church. Yet, wow. mercy. Yeah. What's wrong with church people yeah. who got the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Right. Who claimed the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Another man I ran into me in, in Walmart in Rapid City. A voice behind me said, "My God, I can't believe I'm seeing you." I recognized him. And I turned around. He couldn't stop shaking my hand. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. This man don't have the Holy Ghost. He don't have the Holy Ghost. 
And so I looked at him and I called him by his first name. I said, I need to apologize to you for failing God. He said, no, bro. You always be a man of God. No, bro, no apology. You always be a man. You always have my respect. I'm just glad you made it. It's good to see you. You know that? Holy Ghost. But I'm saying that because when I come to church, I can feel the warring that's going on. Oh, why is he up there? Why is he up there? Who, what's wrong with you, Pastor? How about this? What's right with you, Pastor? Why not let him up there? If God said he was going to restore him. If God said he's going to restore your loved one, you'd shout. You'd be for the grace of God then, but yeah. when it's somebody else's fault, yeah. we've got that self-righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. That old abomination, yeah. what's he doing up there? Yeah. Amen. And to them that say that, and I've heard it, and I've felt it, peace on their lips, but war in their heart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I felt it. You can't fool God. I made a mistake. I repented of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was so torn about it. I said, Lord, I'm not going to eat until you get me out of this jail. And I'm not glorying in myself. I'm glorying in his mercy because of the way that I had sinned and destroyed my family. I hurt my family. I hurt the church. I hurt my tribe. So I humbled myself until he got me out. Did you know, 35 days I sought the Lord. I fasted that long because I was desperate. I knew that I was going the wrong direction. And if I didn't touch God, I would die lost. So I know what being desperate is about. It made me more willing to be led of God. He took me a few times when I was away. He spoke to me and said, you need to go fasting. I didn't want to fast. And I said, okay, Lord. However long you want me to, I'll fast. I was desperate. But he had mercy. He had mercy. Now I'm saying all that. I'm hoping you that have the Holy Ghost will feel what I'm saying. Not just speaking in tongues is the evidence, but the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence. I'm going to try to try to close up so Brother can minister here, but I've got to say this. He was despised. Rejected a man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. When you've been wounded, when you've suffered a wound, and it took a long time to heal, Brother Chuck is a testimony of that. His wound. Let me tell you something. Spiritually and in the soul, you can have wounds and scars. And so, some of you that have been there, 
you could feel that spirit yeah. that had wounded before wounded you so when that spirit's around you could sense it Amen. when you're physically wounded and you got that big scar there guess what <coughs> you're tender there and your walk always reminds you so when you somebody bumps it comes close oh, you're kind of sensitive in the spirit as well so let me tell you you become sensitive to people's attitudes and you feel that and Satan has been whispering in some of your ears I'm gonna tell you what don't listen to the devil Amen. I said to one person I said, I'm sorry that I let you down but you must forgive me forgiveness is a gift you give yourself to keep you from being bound up and the move of God from being bound in your life. Amen. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Amen. Let me say it again. The Lord told me one time, repetition is needed because my people are not always minded spiritually. They need to be reminded, repeated, repeated, and repeated again. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to forgive yourself too. Yes. Amen. Amen. My children. You guys know my sons. And my daughters. But one of them sent me a song just this week when I was coming here. He said, Dad. I want you to listen to. I want you to look up this song and listen to the lyrics. I think it was Sarah Kroger, I think was the name that wrote the song. The song is called Blessedness. Blessedness. And it starts out, you've owned the guilt. You've owned the shame. You've owned your failures. You've owned everything that they have said about you. The people have said about you. <coughs> but now, my son, it's time to own your blessedness. Because he forgave you. Now, my child, it's time to own your blessedness. Because he called you. He gave you his spirit. He gave you his name. It's time to own your blessedness, your child. It's time to let the wound be healed. As a church, it's time to let the wound be healed. I know what it's like to walk in a place when they disesteem you. Right. And they look at you like an abomination and they whisper your name. Amen. I know what it's like. Amen. It's not an easy place to walk. But he reminded me, he said, you said you wanted to be with me and walk with me and know me. Paul said that I may know him. In the power of his resurrection. Then he went on to say. And in the fellowship of his suffering. He was sinless. I was sinful. But he walked in my shoes. 
my acquaintance you put far from me. I mean, I'm talking to people under the sound of my voice. They know who they are. You spoke against me. But that's okay, I forgive you. And I came to the place as a Christian, as a man facing an eternal hell. And God told me so. I made up my mind. I tell this to my former wife. I told this to her time and again in the in, in, in the struggles we and her and I went through. I said, you know what? I made up my mind. God knows. I love you now more than I've ever loved you. And nothing you say to me will ever stop me from loving you and forgiving you and praying for you and keeping my promise that I made to your father and mother. I'm going to do what I can to see that she makes it to heaven. And I meant it. And there is the scripture. What can separate us from the love of God? Trial. Persecution. Condemnation. You know what? This church wants to have revival. You want revival? Then you have to deal with this issue. If you read in the book of Psalms, the psalmist says, Man, if it was somebody else that reproached me, an enemy or something, he says, I could have borne it, but, but it was you. A man, my equal. We went to the house of God together. I just want to fly away like a dove, like a turtle of and hide in the wilderness. And that's how I felt. I didn't want to be around some of you for the condemnation I felt. I just want to run away, but no, Jesus, no, you're not going to run away. If you want this to properly heal, you've got to go and look him in the eye and be who I called you to be. Be who he called you to be. Be that one. When I was there, God raised up a man. He's going to come here sometime soon. And this man, he took down into hell. And God gave him a revelation of hell. Let him see it. Four places in hell. And he came back and he described it to me. And when he was describing it to me, my soul trembled because God said, if you would have died today, you would go straight to hell. Another time he said, this is, when he took his spirit from me, he said, this is what all they that go down into hell feel an utter hopelessness and desolation. I can't describe it to you. But he took his spirit from me. The morning I was in the Rosebud jail and he whispered that to me. And that's when I became desperate. Like I've never been desperate before. But this man was describing hell to me and my soul trembled and with tears flowing freely. He couldn't stop like a child. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, Brother Marshall, the Lord said, if you want to go there and see this place, I will pray for you. If 
be asked me three times, and he will take you to see hell so you can see what it looks like. Mm. <clears throat> I said, no, well, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. And he was crying. He said, don't forget, brother. If you ever want to see it, just ask the Lord and he'll take you there. No, sir. I was trembling. I know I deserved hell. I know it. I deserve hell. You know what mercy says? Mercy is... I know what you deserve, but I'm going to hold it from you. Grace says, you don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you. Mercy, grace. Church, if you're going to be mature and be ready to house and to help the move of God that God wants to have, you have to get over this issue of unforgiveness. Right, yes. Of your yes. brothers and your sisters. Yes. Yes. That make mistakes. We all make yes. mistakes. Yes. Nobody is perfect. Right. Not one. Not one. Yes. And the reason we're accepted is because of the blood and yes. spirit of name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you before I sit down there. The Lord said to this elder, this brother who didn't know me, who did never been to South Dakota, who described my house in Horse Creek. He described Brother Harold and Sister Betty to a T. Yeah. The Lord took him back to 1985 when I was in Italy and showed him what I suffered there. He wept the whole time. He's telling me. He knew what I, why I was in prison. He knew that too. He said, God showed me it all, brother. And you know what he said? He said, what I don't understand. Brother, how have you been serving God so faithfully all these years in prison? You know what I told him? I said, because I'm desperate and I don't want to die lost. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 I don't want to die lost. So I told the Lord, if you get in trouble in prison, some of you that have been there, they know what I'm talking about. They'll put you in a special housing unit, SHU, called a SHU. If you make one infraction, they'll put you in there for three months, two infractions, six months, three infractions, nine months, four infractions, ship you off to higher security. When I went into prison, I figured that out. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I've reproached your name and I deserve to be here. But I don't want to reproach you. Never again. I want to live for you behind these walls like you asked me to. I said, Lord, I don't want to ever have one infraction. Right. 
right? I want to live so hard for you. And by the grace of God, I said, if you help me, I'll do that behind these walls and I'll preach your gospel and I'll tell them about Jesus. And I'm here to tell you in 13 years, not one infraction. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And when a guard came and could have condemned me for sleeping through count, I had no excuse. He could have gave me an infraction. In fact, he was so mad, he came back to my room. Why didn't you get up? And I sat up. Who was it? Who fell asleep in here? And I raised my hand. I want to write you up. I said, Lord, I said, I'd never have an infraction. Lord, have mercy on me. Because I was tired and I fell asleep. And he looked at me and he looked down. And he saw my Bible. And he started saying, are you a Christian? Yes, sir. He said, man, when I asked, you owned your mistake. What kind of Christian are you? I said, I've been water baptized. Received the Holy Ghost, serving God. Come to think of it, he said, I've never had any problems out of this room. I've never had no complaints about this room, none at all. Matter of fact, he said, forget it. I'm not going to write you up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And we witnessed to him. And God blessed us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's have revival. Let's have an atmosphere. Praise God. When people come in here, they feel the mercy of God. They feel the love of God. They feel the faith of God. Faith is working by love. They can come in here and hear a welcome. We're glad you came. Amen. We don't care about your past. Amen. But we got a Savior whose blood can wash away all sins. Amen. Even if you make mistakes after you, don't stop. Don't stop living for God. Don't stop forgiving. Because he said, if you don't forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. When you don't have forgiveness, that stops revival. Hallelujah. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, I was I was uh, praying about this revival, and, and uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, the Lord impressed me to call upon uh, Brother Wethy and Brother Craig too together. And so that's what I, I did, and they both agreed to come and minister to us. But the other person that he laid on my heart was uh, Brother David. And uh, just to, you know, what he did last Sunday. And I, I didn't think I would have any kind of responses from it, but I got some really negative responses. And, and here's the thing. A lot of people will look at the label. The world always puts labels on it. People that, you know, make mistakes are are uh, 
our penal system. And I thought about that, and, and I almost made, almost came to the decision of not, you know, retracting what I wanted to do. But here's the thing: I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it. First of all, I wouldn't have done it if the Lord didn't lay it on my heart. Amen. So I knew that was right. I knew, I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was right. Second of all, it was confirmed to me by three different ministers about Brother David. And here, I'll, I'll just kind of put it, I'll just summarize it and put it in, in a thought. One thought, this is this is what the, basically what they said. We know he has a lot to live up to because of what he did, his sin. But God called him. And the gifts of God, the calling of God are without repentance. Any of you that have ever made a mistake, the challenge of you making that make is standing up yes. and going on yes. and living with that mistake. Yes. But it's up to you to want to prove yourself. Yes. Yes. To me, Brother David paid the price of his judgment. He was there for that many years. Yes. So that, to me, was that was yes. my understanding that, hey, it was all it's all taken care of. Yes. It's all under the blood. Amen. Here's one thing. Here's another thing. There's only one sin that is unforgivable. So every other sin is obviously forgiven. So how come we can't get over that? We're not the church. I mean, we're not the world. We're the church. But the world puts labels on people like that, but the church doesn't. We're forgiven. Praise God. Amen. Because I know we've all made mistakes. And we want to be forgiven. Thank God for His forgiveness. What has He said? Let charity cover a multitude of sins. But I, I stand, I stand, and of course, you know, I know some people, I know some people said some things even about, about that and about me. That's fine. I've been there. I know what it's like to catch the, the backlash, but they don't know. Right. And, and if they have a problem with it, then they need to pray through. That's all I got to say. Praise God. Amen. But we're here for the sake of God doing the work in us. Whether we're children of God or people that don't know God, uh-huh. sinners, we're here for God to do work in us, and that's that's the whole reason the church is here. We're a spiritual hospital. Praise God. So let's let Him do the work. Amen. I'm uh, I'm happy with what's going on. Amen. I know this is not the end of it. This is just the beginning. So. Amen. Let's go on. Let's. Let's humble ourselves to the will of God and let's amen. do what God is amen. amen is laying on our hearts to do for Him. So amen. praise God. Hallelujah. So we'll get into the Word of God right now. And Bless Him, Lord. Fourteen days. Hallelujah. Fourteen days. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We've been here. And I don't regret one bit of it. Amen. 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 Amen.
my wife has to do physical therapy. They gave us a, a list of things that we have to do for physical therapy, a regimen of exercises. All these, all these 14 days, she's been, we get up, getting in and out of the car. I said, guess what? Here's the thing. It was kind of questionable at the beginning revival because she was having a hard time. And she was, it, it, it bothered her so much she was crying. So I know when she's crying like that, it hurts her. But guess what? She said, nope, I'm not going to stay home. So it's been 14 days, we've been waking up, staying up late. Because there's been nights we fellowship. <laughs> It was, we stayed up, we stayed up late and got up early, but it was good. Amen. And we, we, we've come through this and we're 14 days and so I know some of us are tired. Some of you are tired. I'm not tired. Amen. I'm not tired. I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. And I did this because I, I you know, I want, I want the Lord to, to do a work in the people of God do work in the church because we all need work. Praise God. So I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for the men of God that answered and, and they they uh, have done what amen, they've been asked to do. Not just by, by myself, but by the Lord. So, And Brother Craig, uh, Brother Craig has done a, a good job. Amen. Tremendous job. Amen. Sister Karen, it's good to, to have her and then Joanna. I call her Jojo. I, yeah, when she was small, I call her Jojo. We got two, quite a few Jojos in our family. Yeah. And I always have to catch myself. She's a young lady now. Yeah. So I try to be respectful and say Joanna, but there's that part of me that wants to say Jojo. <laughs> and I think she understands that. <laughs> Praise God. But it's good to see her here. So Brother Craig. Come on up and obey the Lord again. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap as you come. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was needful, wasn't it? It's all part of what God is doing and setting us and aligning us and getting us ready. Amen. I woke up this morning and I realized I, I'm still here on earth. So there's some things I have yet to do. We haven't made it. So we don't have any right to shine any halos right now. <laughs> Thank you, Brother David. Amen. And uh, I know that this has been different. There's, there's been some services. And I tell you, last night, those of you that begin to sense a real heavy resistance. Yeah. There was a resistance that stepped in last night that I hadn't felt all week long. Yeah. And um, I began to shoulder a 
a very heavy burden while the man of God was preaching. And in that moment, God began to speak to me quite specifically and very intently about all of us and where we're at and where he wants to take us. And you have every right to resist this and not accept it. You won't have to apologize to me for rejecting it. But if you get to heaven, perchance, maybe judgment day, you'll have to repent for rejecting the word of God. That's all of us. Anytime the Lord speaks to us, we need to receive it with, I think Paul said, gladness and singleness of heart. So that's not a suggestion. That's that's a commandment. So look at your neighbor and say, none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. Before we get into the word of the Lord, I'm going to ask my wife to testify. She's been quiet all week. Testify, hon. Lord, I need you. So I'm just thankful for this time. I am ready to go home and get my own. 
this morning to hear our preacher, our pastor via live stream, and my Lord, did he tear it up. And he was running parallel with what the Lord gave me, so I felt even better about things. And uh, I said, well, I'm in alignment with the man of God and what God gave me, and of course with with Pastor Harold Marshall has been feeling, we give honor to them. Amen. Amen. And to Sister Betty Marshall, the First Lady, and to the pastoral family. Hallelujah. What some of you didn't see is them up here during the day cleaning, sacrificing, cooking. Everybody that had a part in it, thank you very much. And most of all for calling upon us to be a part of this. We were humbled. Um, I just couldn't find the right words to express my heart. Thank you for allowing us into your hearts. Thank you for allowing us and entrusting the burden of the word of the Lord to us for allowing us pastor to step into your pulpit unfettered and to obey God and I hope that we have been gentlemen about it I hope that you haven't felt like that we've come across hard because that's not our intention if I read 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 correctly it said it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe we didn't choose this venue God ordained it. Yes. And you know, we go through a plethora of emotions up here. Sometimes we'll cry, and if we get an angry face that's all wrinkled and distorted, we're not mad at you, we're mad at the devil. Yes. And so if you can understand sometimes the intensity of what we go through, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's only the Holy Ghost that keeps us. Yes. Amen. And strengthens us. And I was excited to wake up and see a beautiful, sunshiny day. (laughs) (laughs) Work through all the aches and the pains. So, let's find our Bibles. And I'll do my best to move fluidly, carefully, mindfully. Uh, I'm like some of you. I purposely didn't eat this morning, so I am hungry. And um, there has been no shortage of food, that's for sure. Thank you so much. Let's start at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. I'll read three verses while you're standing and in your hearing, and then we'll pray together, okay? Give honor to the ministry that's here. To the men of God, I give honor to those of you that are used in the the ministry of intercessory prayer. Because without you, we could not have done and seen manifest what has happened. Amen. And those of you that have obeyed, and for all of our guests, thank you. Second Corinthians ten, verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul began to allude to this military metaphor mm -hmm. to explain that this warfare that we're engaging is in is not physical, right. but it transcend, transcends into another world. Yeah. So what you do here physically, your response or your lack of it, will determine what happens into the spiritual realm. Let's pray right now. Father, I pray that you would align us all together. And we would set ourselves and posture ourselves, Lord, in a place that every one of us in this room today can leave here different, with another spirit refreshed, saved, delivered, healed, set free. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us all together. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to not only hear, but to receive in faith and be obedient to your word. Help us, Lord. We're nothing without you. God, hide us behind that beautiful cross. Let the blood cover us and minister to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so kindly. I want to run through a series of reference scriptures if you'll indulge me and I'm going to try my best to bring this together with the Lord spoke to me and I'm going to go back to an Old Testament scripture verse in the book of Nehemiah the book of Nehemiah chapter number four they are on the cusp of restoration Folks that had been in Babylonian captivity are coming home now. There seems to be a new prism of light shining where hopelessness was. Now there is hope. Amen. And God has promised the children of Israel that I will give you back what you lost. And so many different promises that came by the way of the mouth of the prophets, but they had to endure 70 years of captivity. Mm. And 70 years of captivity did not dilute the promises of God. Amen. Because the promises of God were just as rich when they came out of captivity as when yeah. they went in, yeah. the moment that they were spoken. So here we are in Nehemiah 4. They are rebuilding the walls. And the enemy has come day after day after day after day with false intel yep. and propaganda that wasn't even true. And they began to take the battle to where it really hurts us the most. And that was in the mind mm -hmm. with all that false intel. So they began to tell them, we're going we're gonna to put a stop to this. We're going to destroy whatever work of restoration is there. And you will not see the manifestation of it. That was the volley of accusations and things that was happening so in verse 13 uh, the man of God said therefore in response to this he said set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places I even set the people after their family somebody say my family, my family. with their swords their spears and their bows and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people and here's a charge I want to leave with us this afternoon. Be not ye afraid of them, the enemy. Yeah. Remember the Lord. Can somebody say that with me? Yeah. Remember, Remember the Lord. Lord. 
which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren. Yes. Amen. 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 Say that with me again. Fight. For your brethren. My, my, my. Your sons. Your daughters. Your wives. And your houses. That was the charge. He said, fight for them. Fight for them. Fight for them. Somebody say, fight for them. First Corinthians chapter 9. My Lord, we heard it. In that exhortation, that admonition from the Lord, don't stop fighting. Right. I say it again, I echo that sentiment, don't stop Amen. fighting. Right. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 24. Paul, again addressing the church at Corinth. He tells them, Know ye not that they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. If you're going to exert yourself and run, he says, make sure that when you start that you have a mindset to finish. Don't quit the race. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Meaning... You see these people that run in races and marathons. You know why they're up at 4 and 5 every morning training? Because they're temperate in all things. They're bending their will. They're training for a race. And they know they're going to be put up against runners that possibly could be better than them. That's why the thrust to get up when they don't feel like it and train. 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 Train your will to do what God wants it to do and not what you want it to do. So he said, run with that intention that you're going to finish. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown. He said, but you're you're running because your crown is not incorruptible. If you stay in the race, he said, one of these days, this dusty, bloody, sweaty road is going to turn into transparent gold. Yes. So keep fighting. Keep running. Don't quit. If you get tired, let somebody know. We'll help you continue running and fighting. Don't try to fight for yourself. Nestle up to somebody that's going to love you and say, I'll fight for you. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. He said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Somebody say these next three words with me. So fight I. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I want to talk just a few moments this afternoon about what Paul said there in three words. My title this afternoon is So Fight I. Hallelujah. There is a cause. Amen. I'm not going to waste my next punch on empty air, Paul Amen. said. Right. Wow. I have to be careful that I strategize every move, yes. no matter how small it is. 
No matter how insignificant I think my decisions are, I cannot waste time to make wrong decisions That's anymore. Oh, yes, amen. That's true. Are you hearing me this amen. afternoon? Amen. You think they're little decisions, but they have big impact in your life. Amen. 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 So if you'll trust God in the small things, he's going to walk you to the big things. Yes. You cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices. That's right. He's a tricky fella. Yes. And he'll trip us up if you let him. Amen. But if you'll be vigilant, if you'll be sober. Amen. And if you don't have anything to pray about, pray for your brother and your yes. sister. Amen. Amen. It's time that we be knit together in love. God didn't call us to fight one another and burn the fires of civil war in the church. He called us to take care of one another. I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. If you don't have that idea and that mentality, you need to come to the altar and pray through to the Holy Ghost. I need to worry about you. I need to care about you. Not just my family, my church family. That's not even my message, but that sure felt good to say that. And somebody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I want to walk you through something. And I, I, I may get back to this, this thought. There's so much here. But you need to get to a point. It's been said. We choose a lot of the battles that we fight. Yes, that's right. But it's the ones that choose us. Yes. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, it's the trickery of the enemy to feel like there, that there is a battle choosing us. Yeah. And then we end up exerting energy, strength, determination, walking on battlefields that you were never meant to walk on. Yeah. All right. And so I pray every morning. I don't know what the day is going to hold, but I'll just let you in on a little bit of the way I pray. God, give me wisdom and discernment today yep. because I know the devil's going to try to trick me up. Yep. But don't let me walk onto a battlefield that you're not ordaining me to walk on. Yep. Because if you don't do that, you're going to waste your energy fighting things that the enemy is going to set up a trap for you. Yep. That's where some of us are at right now. Yep. Oh, my. Amen. Did you know that there are campaigns that are not good campaigns? There are always casualties in war. Yes. But when you read in the scripture, there are good battles to fight. Yes. I'll give you three examples. Paul told Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Lay hold on eternal life. Yes. He didn't say, don't worry about your bank account. He said, lay hold yes. on eternal yes. life. Yes. He said, don't worry about your reputation. Lay hold on eternal life. Yes. Fight the good fight. Jesus. And another one was, he said, Timothy, I charge thee. I commit unto thee, son Timothy. Listen to this. According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare. Amen. Truth be told, you and I have had words of prophecy spoken to us. Somebody laid a hand on us, gave us a word. It might have been 10, 15, 20 years ago, five months ago. It's been unfulfilled. But I feel this in the Holy Ghost. This is thus saith the Lord. You are stepping into a season of fulfillment. Hallelujah. Amen. 
For those of you that got that, thank you. You thank the Lord because you're going to step into a moment that God is going to allow you some relief, answered prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jude said something very interesting. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. In other words, do everything within your human ability to hold on to what God has done for you. Don't let the devil take it from you. Don't let people take it from you. Amen. Don't let the world take it from you. And don't even talk yourself out of it. Just keep holding on. Hallelujah. Let me say this, and I'm going to move into another segment of this. If somebody would just pray for me. Hallelujah. I'm really trying to find, uh, follow the, the mind of the Lord right now. I, I, I sense the fear of the Lord right now. There is such a deep presence of God here. Thank you. Read it, you'll understand where I'm coming from. The Philistine forces advanced to Shunem. And you read all of these different names in, in that particular chapter, but they come from Aphek and prepare to attack Israel near the camp in Jezreel. So Paul, Saul reacts, boom. He is overwhelmed at the fact that he's not only been threatened, but they are actually looking like they're going to do what they're saying they're going to do. So Saul responds to fear like some of us do. And rather than fight, we take flight. That's right. So he responds, and instead of looking for a man of God, which that particular office in his life was never, ever filled. It was always vacant. When you read about Saul, Samuel was never, never, never close by. That's right. So he never entrusted himself to the man of God. Don't, don't ever get there living for God. You Amen. need a man of God in your life. Amen. You need a pastor in your life. Amen. Amen. Right. And can I say to his children... When he needs to speak to you as a pastor, please let him talk to you as a man of God. Amen. I know he's dad, but sometimes Hallelujah. he's got to speak stuff into your life that you don't like. Amen. So give him the honor to say, okay, dad, I know you're dad, but talk to me like a pastor, like a man of God. Amen. Grandpa, I know you love me, but I know there's times you need to put a word into my spirit. And somebody said, amen. amen. I know how it works. We, we're all there. You know, we, we wear different hats and. Sometimes we playfully think, oh, he's just saying that when we missed something so, yeah. so powerful. That's so true, brother. So, praise God. Saul reacts. And notice what he does. He doesn't run for the man of God. He runs down to Endor. Mm -hmm. And he begins to seek counsel and consult with the medium. Yep. The very thing that God said to kill, right. he ran to. Oh, my yes. Right. Wow. That's a truth. And they wow. summon spirit. And there's some speculation as to whether or not that was really Samuel. But I, my opinion is that was not that was not Samuel. Because if God honored that moment and that witch doing that, He would have broken the very law that He gave to His own people. Right. It was a familiar spirit. Yep. Yep. It looked like it. Yep. Be careful that a familiar spirit doesn't come to you yes. and uh -huh. give you advice that would take you off track. Yeah. It sounds good, but sounding good is always not the right answer. Yeah. Amen. Right. So he 
listens to this witch as she begins to conjure up this familiar spirit, it comes. And he totally misses God. Yeah. So the Philistines attack the next morning. The Israelites retreat up to the slopes of Mount Gilboa. He was tricked onto a battlefield he should have never went on. That's right. Because in one day, somebody hold up one finger. One in the same battle, Saul lost his life Amen. and three sons. That's Jonathan, right. Abinadab, Melchishua, and just a few days later, as a result of that, his son Ishbosheth, who would have assumed the throne, was assassinated. All of this obviously was a sim symptomatic of a national decay. There was, there, God wasn't even in the equation. Uh -huh. So I presented that to you to build this foundation that some of you are wasting time fighting battles you don't need to be fighting. That's All right. right. Thank and you, I'm going to tell you, some of them are years old. Yeah. Uh -huh. You've been fighting battles that are 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, a lifetime old. Yes. And every time you get tricked into going on to the same battle. And so by the time it really counts for you to have strength and alignment with God, to see God move, you're so tired you can't even touch God. Yes. So we stay home. We don't pray. We don't read our Bibles. We don't submit ourselves under the man of God. We get the idea, I'm this far, I can just do it by myself. Can I just rebuke that idea right now that's not of God? Amen. That we fight, amen, like we are fighting for the rest of our lives. Amen. That today is my last day. Amen. If something happens and I succumb to death, I want it to be said of me. He went down fighting. He went down fighting. He was tired, but he went down fighting. Amen. He went down swinging. He went down praying. He went down loving God. He went down fighting for his children. He went down fighting for his grandchildren. He went down fighting for his marriage. He went down fighting for his church. What the devil's after is he's trying to annihilate your posterity. If he can destroy you, mom, dad, he'll destroy your children. Just like he did to Saul. He knows what he's doing when he's after the moms and the dads. And if you won't live for God, don't expect your children to. You say, well, I don't have a husband. The responsibility falls on you then. And if you want your children to make it, they need to see you making it. It never feels good all the time, but when it hurts, that's when it matters the most. That you pick yourself up and you tell yourself first, I'm going to make it. I am going to make it. I am going to succeed. I am going to live for God. You can stay, but I've got to go. I've got to make it. Somebody is dependent on me. Somebody is dependent on me. I said that because choices don't just affect you. Amen. They affect everybody in your horizontal life. Amen. 
What you do or don't do here is going to affect here. The vertical always affects the horizontal. So are you fighting a war of your choice? Or are you fighting a war out of necessity? Can I say that again? Because yeah. some of you still have that. And I don't mean to be ugly, but you look like, huh? You're trying to process it. Is your war right now a war of choice or a war of necessity? Not all are wise to fight, but not all are wisely fought either. Some of you are so close to reaching to that white towel and throwing it in. Would you let the Holy Ghost touch you right now? Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. I want to stop right there and come to a point here where the Lord took me yesterday evening in this service as the man of God began to labor heavily and I began to feel the resistance build almost until it was palpable. I know some of you that are sensitive to the Holy Ghost felt that. And so I began to pray for Brother Wethy. Let me say this so you'd understand part of what God worked out for him and it was ordained of God that he'd be here so while we were in Texas he called he said brother Marshall I I need you to stop by and so I did we made time to stop by and brother he was going through some stuff Mm -hmm. some false brethren began to try to assassinate his character they said some things that almost destroyed his apostolic influence. I mean, just ugly, bitter stuff. And he was reaching out. Brother, I need you to stop by. So we stopped by and we were there to encourage him. And I told him, I said, brother, it's nothing more than the tool of the devil. Yep. I said, I believe it's ordained of God that we be in Vermilion, South Dakota. Because he thought about not coming, yep. Pastor. I'm sure he told you that. Amen. But we pray. God began to move. Please don't ever envy or underestimate a man when he's under the anointing because you don't know what it took for that anointing to be there. You don't know the choices Pastor Luke Luke Wethy made to be here to be used of God. He fought devils. He fought people in order to come. And God used him every night that he stood behind this pulpit to deliver the word of God. Amen. Thank you that received the word of God. I want you to understand we're not here to impress people. We're not here because, amen, we're trying to build our egos. We're here because we want to do the will of God. We're here because we want to reach for the lost. We're here because we want to encourage a church. We want to help a ministry. We want to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. And I know how it is, you know, so many times we can think, well, who does he think he is? It's you never realize what people go through to get from one place to the next. Moving in the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's pray for that family right now. Just in your few words, ask God to bless the Wethy family. He's getting ready to minister. He's probably behind the pulpit right now. Bless that man with revival, God. So while he was ministering last night, the Lord took me into a vision. And I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like this. I know the voice of God been used in the gifts but to be set into a place where I saw stuff so explicitly it was just it, it was mind-boggling and so I'm sitting there under a burden I'm praying for him and as I'm praying the Lord showed me the battle that he was in at that very moment last night he was trying to apologize saying I'm sorry brother I had to preach three different messages just to try to get God's point across so don't apologize for anything so I shared with him what I'm about to share with you. And he wept right here in this altar because he said, thank you. Because I honestly felt like that I failed God. Did you see him down here last night yes. weeping? That's, that's why he was here weeping. Amen. Thank God for men with hearts like that. Yes. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So as I was sitting there, standing and responding, and both times sitting and standing, the Lord took me. And He began to show me acre after acre of land. And as he began to take me and I was moving in the spirit, I, I noticed acre after acre, the landscape began to change. And so I'm looking, Brother Harold, and watching intently. And it probably didn't last a few seconds, but it, it felt like that I was there probably at least 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. But in looking at all of these acreages of land and the different landscapes, the one thing that the Lord allowed me to notice was at every corner of the perimeter line, God showed me a landmark. He showed me a landmark. I had to write it down. I asked God this morning about one o'clock in the morning. I said, God, there's probably some of that I missed, but you give me the details. So as he began to move on me again, I wrote everything down here in detail. And so as I began to notice all these acres of land and this Landscape. I, one thing that I noticed was the landmark that was there. All right. And the longer I looked and, and God allowed me to see, they were very ancient landmarks. Right. They had been set there a very long time. And the Lord said, these landmarks represent my inheritance to my people. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> it is tied with heritage and posterity. I gave it to them with the family in mind. Yeah. And so Woo! the different landscapes represented different time periods. That 
included generations of people. And I began to see fences that were not just marking or defining parameters. But as I began to look even more, I began to understand that these parameters were more like confinements. They were like massive holding cells. Oh, I feel the fear of the Lord right now. Makarabasa. Each parameter was confined. Each confinement, rather, and parameter had a gate. Somebody say a gate. Each gate had a gatekeeper. And the Lord said these gatekeepers are ancient spirits that have had control of access points over these generations for years. It wasn't just generational, it was generations. Yes. These gates had not been open for so long that some of them were rusted shut. The appearance of the rust was so heavy looking that it appeared that they were welded shut, but the Lord said they are not. They just have not been open in so long. And then as the Lord began to take me around and I noticed in these landscapes and these acres of land as I looked, he allowed me to see some of the gates begin to swing open. Just hear me right now. I looked and some of the gates were swinging open. I looked again to the herald but there were some gates that remained shut and I wondered in my mind to the Lord and he answered me I said I wonder why these aren't opening when some are and the Lord made it known to me he said the gates that are not opening are self-imposed wow. he said I cannot take from people what they're not willing to give to me right. the gates that are remaining closed are the gates they want closed the gates that I'm opening are the walls that the enemy has been erecting around my people. And therefore I'm going in and opening the confinements where the enemy has been working. He said, but tell some of them that still have their gates closed that I want to work for them. I want to heal them. I want to deliver them. But they've got to open the gates that they've closed on themselves. And some of you have closed that gate all of your lifetime. You know who you are. Lift your hearts and your hands to the Lord. I don't need to see you doing it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As I began to move through these landscapes just before the vision was gone the one thing that i noticed church was the different style of material that the gates were constructed of all sorts i could tell when i passed through a medieval age oh it was so dark and so gloomy but i noticed gates that were slammed shut all of these gates were constructed of different material until when the vision and god set me in front of an old stone gate oh my 
And I wondered and I prayed, Lord, what in the world is this old stone gate? And the Lord began to drop a portion of scripture into my spirit. And this is where we at where we are at right now, church. This is all inclusive. Yes. This involves every one of us that are sitting right here today. All right. Hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to set you free and not tomorrow. Amen. 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 Last Sunday we heard a word soulish. God wants you to step into other elements and levels for him, but because you're doing what you want to do, you're not doing it. That's right. Come on. Hallelujah. A lot of times we blame Satan, and he is rightfully to, to be blamed. But a lot of times, it's just the old flesh. That's right. Some of you are sitting here this afternoon, and I've come with the intent to help you. But you've been shutting gates on yourself for so many years, you've learned to adapt to that lifestyle. God said, I didn't call them just to survive. I called them to be a mighty army. I didn't call them to come and just sit on a pew and do nothing and be entertained. I called them because I pulled them out of sin. I wanted them to testify about what I'd done, how I took nicotine and alcohol, drugs and immorality out of their life. I didn't call them to sit and look pretty on a pew. I called them because I want them to reach the rest of the world. Indulge me Well I read and if you want to You can join me you don't have to stand But I'm going to go back to where the Lord Took me here in the book of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 2 And the Lord began to give me an understanding Of this old Primitive Gate Oh I see it right now Bakishima Was an old stone gate some of you need to fall in love with Jesus again. Yeah, you're busy doing things around the church, but anybody can be busy. I'm talking about falling in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with him. Hallelujah. Fall in love with him. You have to be vulnerable to be intimate with somebody. And a lot of us don't like vulnerability. But if you'll just jump into this intimacy and say, Lord, I trust you because you won't hurt me. I trust you because you won't mislead me. I trust you because you will not lie to me. That's intimacy. Religion does not like intimacy. Religion does not like intimacy. Why do we do what we do? We do it because we love Jesus. I'm going back to a portion of chapter two. I'm going to start. I'm going to highlight. Read. Well, I'm going to read several scriptures. But just bear with me. I, I, I'm going to start at verse 16. So it came to pass when all the men of war were consumed and dead from among the people. So I wondered, 
why is it you took all the men of war? And the Lord said, when you study it out, this is the truth. He said, these were men that were trained by Egyptian military. And so when they won the battle, they wanted the credit for the victory. All right. They used Egyptian military style warfare to win their battles. They did it with their own bow, their own arrow, their own horses. God said, I'm going to have to allow them to be taken off the scene because the battles I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight for you. So he said in verse 16, it came to pass that all these men of war that were influenced by that type of military training, he said, they got to be taken off out of the way because what I'm about to do, he said, no man is going to get the glory. Amen. Verse 24, rise ye up, take your journey and pass over the river Arnon. And let me just read. Behold, I have given into thine hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land began to possess it and contend with him in battle. You know what we have gained here in these 14 services of revival we have begun to possess land that we have not even walked on yet you don't even see it you're not even aware of it but god has allowed us to move into a place where he said i'm going to give you land that you've prayed about you've wished for you've dreamed about he said i'm going to lead you into a land he said and when it's done you're going to give me the praise because it wasn't your hand that did it it was my hand that moved for you so if you'll begin to praise him now, amen, before the answer is here, praise him now while you're fighting. God said, I'm going to give you that land. I'm going to give you that family. I'm going to give you that lost child. I'm going to give you that impossible situation. If you'll just begin now, right now, to praise me for it. So fight I. That's the reason I do what I do. You're valuable to me and I need you. Can you tell that to somebody tonight? I need you. He said, this day will I begin to put the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the nations that are under the whole heaven. Why do you feel so threatened all the time? That's right. For heaven's sake and for family's sake, square your shoulders. The devil is more afraid of you than you are of him. You just inflated his ego and made him into someone that he is not even like. We are overcomers, not survivors. We are overcomers, not beggars. We are overcomers. We're not pawns on a chessboard. We're children of God. We need to walk like children of God. You 
you ought to walk through this city and I'm not saying a wrong kind of pride I'm just saying in humility you walk and let God lead you because wherever you put your foot people ought to feel the Holy Ghost people ought to feel the love of God emanating from you you don't need to walk in with your eyes on the floor lift up your hand walk like a child of God walk like you have a right amen walk like you have authority hold your head high and walk in like a child of God They're going to reverence you. They're going to honor you because they know that you are my premier people. Jesus, Jesus. The whole heaven. Listen to what he said. Who shall hear report of thee and shall tremble and be in anguish because of thee. It's time to put some devils on the run. You've let them in your life, in your house, in your family far too long. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead, chew on it. That's good. That's all right. That's all right. And I sent messengers out of the wilderness of Kadamoth unto Zihon, king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, I want you to notice this now. Because he was doing what the Lord directed him to do. He said, there's certain nations I don't want you to fight. But the nations I tell you that I want you to engage, I'll let you know which ones they are. So basically what God was saying is, don't step on the battlefields that I don't ordain. That's right. But some of us do it. Yeah. Bless God, we walk into it because I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Some of you are wasting your time fighting battles. That's right. Ten years down the road, if you don't step off that battlefield, you're going to be fighting the same battle, same spirit, same attitude, same ego. You know I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, I sent messengers out, and he tried to make peace so they could cross through this land. Here's his request, verse 27. He's talking to Sihon, king of Heshbon. Let me pass through thy land. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn under the right hand or to the left. He said, but I want you to sell me meat for the journey, meat so we can make it through. He said, we will not bother you. He said, just give us meat. And give us a track to go on. He said, we'll go through without any incident. As the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and the Moabites that dwell in Ar, did unto me. He said, they let us through until I shall pass over Jordan into the land which the Lord our God giveth us. God has one focus in mind. It's not where you started. It's where you're going to finish. His focus is Jordan. He said, listen, I want you to take these people to Jordan. But in the meantime, you got this behemoth of a nation that's standing between you and your promise, between you and change. He said, I want you to make peace with him and ask him if he'll let you cross his land and get you to the land of promise. Well, the answer was no. Verse 30. But Sihon, king of Heshbon, would not let us pass by him, for the Lord thy God had hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate. Yep. Some of us are sitting here this afternoon and we are obstinate in our heart. Right. You are stubborn. Yep. Even after all of the attempts that people have prayed for you, men have preached to you, and you sit here stubborn. That's obstinance right there. Yeah. Buck up against the word of God. Look like a blowfish because you're really trying to make a point. 
you ain't hurting nobody but yourself. Amen. Just humble yourself to the will of God. That's Amen. how weak it is. We're not against you. Amen. We are not against you. Amen. The confinements you feel are your own decisions, not the church's. Don't blame the church. Don't blame the man of God. Don't blame his family. You're miserable because you made the choice. And yet God's merciful enough to send somebody to pray for you. Somebody to preach to you. Somebody to help you. Because Jesus loves you. Someone say, I don't want to be obstinate. I don't want to be obstinate. I don't either. Jesus, thank you. That he might deliver him into thy hands. See, God redeems even what the enemy's doing and uses it for his purpose. The devil thinks he's so smart, so strategic, and God's just looking down saying, okay. He, he might put them in that situation, but what the devil doesn't know is I'm using him to put them right where I want them. So you're not sneaky. You're not sneaky. When I run under the radar, know the eyes of the Lord run to and fro upon the earth. We have the Holy Ghost. God talks to us about people like that. You're not sneaking. <laughs> Nudge somebody sitting next to him, see if you get him out. Say, you're not even sneaky. <laughs> and sneak around. <laughs> so the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have given... I have begun to give Sihon and his land before thee. <clears throat> Notice what he said in verse 31. Begin to possess that thou mayest inherit the land. When Sihon came out against us, he and all his people to fight at Yahas. And the Lord our God delivered him before us, and we smote him and his sons. We smote him and his sons. Somebody say that we smote him, but we killed his sons too. You know why it's important that you kill the sons? Because you don't want your grandbabies fighting the same devils you fought, Sister Deborah. You've got to kill them generational spirits. Yeah. Natasha, if you don't get a hold of this, and I pray you do, you're going to have a miserable future for them babies because you will usher in a curse from God. I'm going to say, thus saith the Lord, resist no more. There is a blessing if you will turn. But yea, if you remain where you are, there is a curse, saith the Lord. God loves you and he wants to reach for you right now. Hallelujah. We didn't just kill Sihon, we killed all his sons. Because if they were raised under his roof, they had the same mindset. They were going to destroy the people of God. He said, don't kill just the king, kill his sons. Amen. Amen. Some of us are going to bed with his sons, yeah. listening to the devil. Yeah. Understand, I am reaching for you in love. Yeah. I am under a mandate right now. I'm reaching in love. Yeah. Notice what he said in verse 34. We took all his cities at that time and utterly destroyed the men, the women, the little ones of every city. We left none to remain. A type of judgment. Only the cattle we took for a prey unto ourselves and the spoil of the cities which we took from our ore, which is by the brink of the river Arnon, from the city that is by the river even unto Gilead. There was not one city too strong for us. You know why God set a man 
in the poorest, darkest corner of South Dakota on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Yep. You know why he done that? Because there is no city too strong for the people of God. Amen. Out of darkness, a light began to shine. You know what he wants to do? He wants to use, God wants to use his people to bring about revival to the rest of the land. And he is doing that very thing right now. Amen. Let me move on. I, I, I want to... I want to minister some things to some people here this afternoon. Only unto the land of the children of Ammon thou camest not, nor unto the place of the river Jabbok, nor unto the cities in the mountains, nor unto whatsoever the Lord our God had forbade us. He said, there are certain nations I don't want you to fight. I'm going to take care of you. Just trust me. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you are sitting here this afternoon, and though you made strides in this revival, you still got condemnation hovering over you. And the devil's told you, don't lift your hands. You're not worthy. Who is he to listen to? That's right. Come on. We listen to God with that same energy when he says, I have forgiven you. You are healed. I've put your sins under the blood. Why do we give credence to the devil in the first place? Amen. I've watched body language for two weeks and some of you haven't moved. You know what that tells me? You're listening to the wrong voice. I think I would shake myself, stand up to the promise of God, and tell the devil of the world, I'm going to get my family back. You just watch God. Don't watch me. Watch my God. I'm going to get my daughters back. I'm going to get my sons back. I'm going to get my family structure back. I'm going to get my compassion back. I'm going to get my consecration back. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to get my hope back. I'm going to get my peace back. Let's take a moment. Let's all stand. If you're physically able to, let's just stand for a moment. Go. Posture is everything with God. Posture is everything with God. Lift your hands, thank the Lord for the promise right now. In God's mind, in God's plan, you already possess it. You just got to run till you get there. You just got to fight till you get there. You got to make sure you're not duped. Some of us, uh, the Lord told me to say this, so I wrote it down. He said, tell some of them to stop being so gullible. Stop being so gullible. You believe every negative report. You live off of the gossip line. Stop being so gullible. And let the word of God begin to reach. This man's been praying for revival. This church is praying for revival. We have reached 
up to people who were just like us when we were lost. They found them. You remember where God found you? Do you remember where God found you? Caleb still the people and he said before Moses and the people he said let us go up at once and possess the land notice what he says for we are well able to overcome it we are well able they forgot the promise God said you go I'll give it to you you know what they start doing? They let everything around them affect them. Oh, there's giants. Some of you are scared of giants. You've got giants in your own imagination that you're scared of. Yes. Fear. Depression. Anxiety. They come to you now. You put your hand, your hope, and your life into the hands of a pharmacy. That said, you take these, you'll feel better. No, you won't. The world has no healing medicine. Only Jesus Christ does. Only Jesus Christ does. If you're a woman to woman, man to man, or husband to wife, just touch their hand right, link up, say, we are well able to overcome. We are well able. We are well able, Pastor, to overcome. We are well able to overcome. Hallelujah. I want this vision to manifest. You know what that stone gate was that the Lord took me in front of last night? He said, that's that old spirit of Sihon. He said, that's that old spirit, amen, that my people have been fighting for generations. He said, that gate's been there for years. He said, but let the people know. It's time to walk through the gate. 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 You let God fight the battle. You just walk through the gate. You let God fight your problems. You just walk through the gate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you can be seated. I'm almost done. If you want to. Jesus. Oh, my God. Say, Jesus. So they said, What'd you do, Lord? Use Moses to bring us out here into the wilderness to kill us? Two men were well able. Ten men said, Don't know if it's going to happen. Right. Do I have two in the room tonight? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Hallelujah. I know we've probably got ten doubters. Jesus. Jesus. But do we have two that says, hey, yeah. Pastor, whatever your vision is, I'm going to jump in line. I need to be saved. My babies need to be saved. 
I'm tired of being a playground for the devil. I'm tired of him pushing his agenda on my life. It's time for me to snap out of it. It's time for me to stand up. It's time for me to get real. I want to see the promises of God. I want to see the righteousness of God. matter how big the giant is Amen. can you imagine listening so long to the lie that they said listen we're just going to go back to Egypt oh my goodness I think it's best if we just go back to Egypt now they've been wondering for 38 years now they're almost into the promised land 38 years after 38 years miracles by the droves. And yet, wow. they said, I think we'll just go back to Egypt. Wow. Oh my God. Can you imagine? And this is the request they made. They said one to another, let's make us a captain so he can lead us back to Egypt. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You are going to walk over years of prayer. Wow. You are going to walk over endless numbers of messages that you heard preached you're going to walk over manifestations of miracles that you saw with your own eyes you're going to walk over and reminisce about services that you were in right here in the Holy Ghost movie and you're going to ask somebody to take you back to Egypt the devil is a liar and it's evident that some of you have Entertain that thought even during this revival. Otherwise, you'd be here. Who would possibly navigate you back through all the heartache, all of the suicide, all of the bitterness, all of the divorce? Who would be stupid enough to walk you through all that junk just to take you back to Egypt? And we sit in the presence of God and we want to soul up on God. Yeah. Oh, if I was you, I know some of your stories. If I was you, I'd be running the aisles until my shoes were on fire. I'd be lifting my hands until the Holy Ghost subdued me. I'd be opening my big mouth until I knew that I came away with victory. This isn't in my notes. I'm going to finish here in just momentarily, but let me say this. We need to stop fighting amongst one another. Point to the culprit. If they don't want to get it right, come to the altar and be a part of it, then let's just ask them to leave. Because if they're here to create dissension, they are here by the device of the enemy. And we've got Bible to say that if that's the only reason you're here, we love you, but there's the door. If you're just going to sit here like a stump on a log, we love you. Jesus loves you, but you've got to make your mind up. I'm going to live for God. Preacher, I'm going to get this for myself. I'm not doing this because Daddy told me to. I'm not doing this because my wife told me to. I'm doing this because I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 
some of the spirits are that are assigned to the city of Ramayan, South Dakota. But you have some pretty funky spirits here. Yeah. You have some pretty funky spirits here. Philosophical demons. Renaissance spirits. Think education is more important than salvation. I debunk that idea. Yeah. There's nothing more important than being saved, washed in the blood, living for God. Your degree's not going to get you into heaven. Your PhD, your master's ain't going to get you there. You need the master's card. You need to get water baptized. You need to get full of the Holy Ghost. Backslider, you need to pray back through. Backslider, you need to say, I'm coming home. Amen. So, I conclude that a congregation would get so angry at a good report. We're well able. The Bible says they took up stones to stone Caleb and Joshua. Oh my, my goodness. Moses said, how long are you going to murmur and complain? about how hard you have it. Come on. Amen. Paul said, when you start feeling that way, he said, consider him. Amen. Right. Wow. That's a truth. Amen. When you feel like you're the only one that's going through this, and nobody understands me. They don't know where I'm coming from. They probably do if you just give them a chance to listen. But when you start feeling like that saying of God, Paul said, listen, Hebrews chapter 12, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become faint and weary in your minds. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Jesus didn't say, ah, I don't think they're worth it. I won't die on the cross. But he looked ahead in time. He saw us helpless hopeless human beings that make up the church. I'm not against you this afternoon. I'm reaching for you. I want you saved. I want you helped. I don't need you just tolerating me. I need you to love me. Amen. That might not be an issue, but I just want to say it for the sake of the flesh. You know how we are. Sometimes we tolerate folks and we call it love. I want to be able to love you. And I want to be able to say it with a pure heart. I love you. I love you. I love you. I need you. Amen. My God. Amen. So if, if they don't turn, if they don't turn, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them. Oh, my. That's the equivalent of having your name Blot it out. Man. I'm going to wow. disinherit him. This is the book right here. And will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. Yep. If 
they don't want to serve me, I'll find someone that will. Yes. Amen. If they complain about having to be 14 nights in revival, I'm going to save that addict. Right. Yes. Watch him come bouncing in. If you have 30 nights of revival, right. he's going to come bouncing in because this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Is that not right, Brother Charlie? You know what it is when God pulls you out of sin. Amen. You can lift your hand and rejoice because you know it's real. Rejoice because our God loves us so much that he'll take our problems, he'll take our situations, and he'll cast them into the sea. He'll put them under the blood. So the Lord said that, that old gate that was there, that, that behemoth of a gate, the biggest one you saw there, he said that was an old gate. My people have been fighting it for generations. But tell my people, thus saith the Lord, it is time to move. It is time to walk with the Spirit, saith the Lord. It is time to be healed of thy wound. It is time for your mind to be aligned with my mind, saith the Lord. It is time for revival. I desire to move. Yea, I shall open gates uh, that you have not even considered, saith the Lord. I shall move in a measure that people will talk about the move of my spirit amongst my people. But I desire for you to get your heart right, saith the Lord. Allow me. Allow me. I promise you, that's that's the Lord there. That's not in my notes. That's that's the Lord right there. And they make a shame. I do want to say this in conclusion. As I said, I'd be done by four. Now I've got five minutes. We have rejoiced in victories that were nothing more than the wounding of the enemy. Yeah. We wounded him. It appeared that he was down for the count. So we rejoiced. Only for that enemy to rise again and attack us again. Uh Some have been liberated in this revival, but they walked home and the enemy rose up. We have rejoiced in victories that were nothing more than the wounding of the enemy. But let me give you Bible as to what to do. The Bible said, therefore, David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. You need to stay there until you cut your enemy's head off. Take that old spirit of Jezebel, that demon of Jezebel, and cut its head off. 
Take that old lustful spirit. Take that old nicotine spirit. Take that old love for alcohol. Cut that devil's head off. Don't walk away until you know he's dead. Don't just wound him and leave him there and have a short-lived celebration and the next week you meet him again. Cut his head off. Amen. And that way, cut anger off. Some of you have issues with anger. Cut the head off. Some of it's unforgiveness. Some of it's resentment. Cut the head off. Because God has allowed you in these several nights to walk into a place of mercy, healing, and deliverance. Amen. I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, if you go back, you may not make it back. That's right. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, mercy. Jesus. That's true. While you're here, Take advantage of the mercy of God. Some of you are so worried about what people think about you because you've been praying about husbands and wives. And I'm coming in and I'm a mother of two, three, four, five, and I don't have a husband. And you feel like everybody's looking at you funny. Stop thinking that way. Some of us are trying to make the best and structure families that are mixed and blended. You keep mixing and blending and let God bless you. God doesn't care. They're a soul. Who are we to judge them? Who are we to say they don't belong here? I don't care if every one of your kids has a different mom or daddy. You bring them into church. You let God fill them with the Holy Ghost. You let God save them. There's some in the church world that won't agree with that. I know that. As a traveling evangelist, I know that. I know what I'm saying. I wish dad, I wish mom. No, stop wishing and start praying. You know how deep this is going, Kenny? You know what God showed me? God would save your dad if you'll align yourself and begin to pray. God's going to move some things for you. How serious are you about seeing your family saved? Would some of you divorcees be willing to marry back up again? They've admit the salvation of your family? Are you that serious? Do you love Jesus that much? I'm digging right now. I might even be meddling a little bit. But I'm going to tell you. The promise to Israel was uh, the blessing is there, but you've got to go back to the Valley of Achor where you made the mess, uh, and that's where I'm going to bless you. God's blowing some of your minds. You said, I didn't think about doing that. Why not? Are your children that valuable to you? Come on. Stand, I'm done. I feel like I'm done. Hallelujah. How about it? You're so miserable, you want everybody else around you to be miserable. Come on. It ain't working here, baby. Come on, sis. You know he loves you, but you got to step beyond the pull and the gravitational effect of everybody around you that you think is so important. Why don't some of us, Holy Ghost real children of God, bring our stinking opinions to the altar? The Lord confirmed the word last night. I began because I know Mama Walker all week. 
She said, I'm not well, but I can't stay home. Last night when she said it, tears began to well up in her eyes. I said, Mama Walker, thank you for inspiring me and being here. I know at your age, you could have said, I just want to stay home. I can't do this. But you were here every night, every night. I saw the misery on you. I laid my hand on her head. Thus saith the Lord. This sickness is not physical, it's spiritual. The enemy tried to afflict her. That's where some of you are at right now. You want to take ibuprofen for everything you go through and not realize that you are being aligned for a miracle if you just humble yourself to the Lord. So the Lord began to speak to Mama Walker. You know what the Lord said to her? I'm going to break chains that were there even before the birth of your children. He confirmed his word to her. Some of you, you can't even think about what God's going to do for you. He's going to break chains that were set before you were even born. That dictated your childhood, dictated your teenage years, dictated to where you're up right now. Some of you are so bitter at parents, you can't even let it go. Let's pray, church. If you'll get your heart right, you won't have to be running to the emergency room with all these afflictions. Pressure here, pressure there, it hurts here. I'm depressed. I'm going to fight for my marriage today. Some of you need to come fight for your marriage. Some of you need to come fight for your children. Some of you need to come fight for your babies. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what the court system says. Doesn't matter. So fight I. So fight I. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. If it kills me, I'm going to fight. Why don't you step out of your seat? Why don't this whole church come to the front tonight? If there's room, if you can make room to come to the front, why don't you come and get healing or deliverance? All gates were swinging open. Some of those gates you've got to open with repentance. Thank you. 